welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. Hebrew chapter 11, I'm going to be reading verses 24 to 28, and uh, the title of my sermon this morning is The Choices of Faith, The Choices of Faith. Let me read verses 24 down to 28. By faith, when he was, by faith, when he was come to years, Moses, I'm sorry, by faith, Moses, when he came to years, come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, we had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful and thankful for just the wonderful opportunity once again to open your word. We're thankful for what has gone before. Thank you that we could worship you and bring sacrifices of praise. We thank you for these ancient words, the word of God, the truth now, and trust the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts and grant us a faith, a faith like Moses. Help us to understand what faith is, help us to be challenged by the word, and help us to be changed by the word, that eternal word that alone can change, transform, that alone can equip and bless, Lord, that alone can advance the kingdom. And so we ask that Christ would be lifted up. We ask that Christ would be exalted. We pray and ask, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So someone has wrote that time must be redeemed from business and pleasure when matters of great importance demand it. Plow and profit must wait when God calls us to more important matters. It is clear from the life of Moses that God called him to more important matters. He put aside his princely plow and profit for the calling of God on his life. Remember, folks, Moses' culture was one where the pleasures of sin greatly fascinated and seduced. Moses' culture was one where the world beckoned with its pleasures. Moses' culture was one where the scale hung heavily against any liberator of the Jewish people. 400 years of slavery. 400 years of slavery. Not 40 years, 400 years. Not four years, 400 years of slavery. Remember, folks, that Mo Moses' culture was where the reward of eternity was far and at a distance. And it was, was in such a culture and circumstance that Moses made his choices in faith. Friends, our culture is clearly pagan. And it is not much different from that of Moses' time. Today, the pleasure of sin is greatly fascinates people and seduces people. Today, the world beckons many. Today, many are caught in slavery, the slavery of sin. Out of the 7 billion people, more than 6 billion are not saved. They are not born again. They, in, they are slaves of sin. Many live today as if the, and even believers, sadly, live today as if eternity is far 
and at a distance. And I trust this morning that uh, the life of Moses and the choices he make, made will remind us of what it is to live by faith, to understand what that is and what that means for us as a people. So what are the choices of faith that Moses made? What are the choices of faith that you and I will be challenged also to make as believers? First of all, faith chooses the path of self-denial. Notice in verse 24, it says that by faith, Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Folks, the quest today is for popularity, isn't it? It is for self-recognition. Faith chooses the path of self-denial. The opposite of that, the opposite of the idea of being popular. Um, and this is, this is very, very contrary to our culture and our nature. Most seek to be known, most want to be seen, and most want to make a name for themselves, even in religion. People do that today. Now, what is self-denial? What is self-denial? I have a, a couple of things here that I'd like to go through quickly. Uh, what is self-denial? Self-denial, it is the denial of your own interest and needs for the benefit of someone else. It is a readiness to give up things and possessions for the benefit of others. Example, um, a man gives up something he enjoys to do what his wife wants to do. Now, recently it was Father's Day, and I willingly gave up something that I enjoy doing so that Shirley can do it, and that is brying. So I gave it up willingly for that, for that particular day. The Dictionary of Bible Themes defines self-denial as the willingness to deny oneself possessions or status in order to grow in holiness and commitment. I like that description. The purpose of self-denial is counting as loss all earthly gains. It is to become more like Jesus in holiness and obedience to God. So, self-denial then. I also have a, a description of self-denial by uh, that I took off a website called God Questions. This is what God Questions says. Self-denial for the Christian means renouncing oneself as the center of existence. I like that too. Which of course goes against our natural inclination. And recognizing Christ as one's new, new and true center. Denying yourself includes overcoming the persistent fleshly demands of the body, also known as the carnal self or the natural man, and bringing them into submission to God's word so that you don't give in to sin. And lastly, another explanation here. Self-denial is to surrender authority over your life and make Jesus Christ the authority in your life. And that comes from Paul. In a practical sense then, Self-denial is the replacement of our own preferences and plans with God's plans and priorities. It is to follow Christ and to make His kingdom first in our lives. It is to adopt God's agenda and to make it the driving force of one's life. So what did Moses then, what did his self-denial involve? What did Moses' self-denial involve? First of all, there was a renunciation. Notice in verse 24, the Bible says, By faith Moses refused he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses abdicated position and royal prerogative to follow Christ. He said no to fame and position. He exchanged his own interest for the interest of Christ. I love how the author here in Hebrews 
connects Moses with Christ. And we will see that later on as we go through the text. There was a renunciation. But notice, there was also an acceptance. The Bible says in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. Moses denied himself the treasures of Egypt. The, the word esteem there means to set high value on. High value on. And so what did Moses value? He valued that reproach, that reproach of Christ. The word reproach means, um, means shame, a shame, the shame of following Christ. The blame, the rebuke, the dishonor, the disappointment. A medical student um, in his third year with an excellent um, mind gives up his uh, medical studies to go off into Africa into a bush. People are disappointed. His parents are disappointed by that kind of idea. The reproach, the upset, the scolding, the treatment that the world puts on those who want to live for Jesus Christ. This blame, folks, this reproach, Moses bore with joy. He embraced it. He waited against the best of what Egypt could offer, and it was by far the best. Moses highly valued suffering for Christ and his cause, and he did it by faith. That's the kind of faith that God calls his people to. There was a renunciation, there was an acceptance, but there was also a recognition. Notice in verse 26, for he had the respect, the Bible says, unto the recompense of the reward. Oh, those are great English words which we don't use nowadays. But this speaks of an eternal state. Moses had in his, in his sight an eternal state, an eternal state. He speaks about the reward there, the reward in verse 26. Of course, folks, the reward was heaven, the heavenly state. Moses' state for this, um, for this state, Moses was certain, he, uh, he was, uh, it was complete, it was eternal. And therefore, his self-denial of the temporary pleasures of sin in verse 25. Therefore, the self-denial of position of popularity and prestige. But for Moses, folks, it was something more than that. His desire was for an encounter. He was looking forward to a person. It was to be face to face with the invisible God. His desire was for the perfect, pure, holy, glorified Lord Jesus, the rock of ages, the ancient of days. That is ultimately, folks, we, we, we are longing for heaven not because of the place, you know, gold in heaven means nothing. We're going to step on it. We're going to walk on it. It's like, you know, the carpet here. The longing is not for the place. It is not so much for the fellowship to see one another. It is to see the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what Moses' faith had in view. Moses chose Christ. He chose the path of self-denial and rejected the earthly recognition that Egypt offered. Faith, folks, chooses the path of self-denial. Notice choice number two in verse 27. Choice number two in verse 27. Faith chooses the sacrifice of the temporal for the eternal. It says in verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, folks, clearly Egypt offered young Moses power and pleasure. 
You know, Moses wasn't walking around with, with an iPhone 6. He was, he, was, he was an iPhone 30. You know, he, he had the best carriage. I mean, you know, horsepower, whatever. He had the best. His, his future was bright. He had power and, you know, pleasure, but also the benefits, of course, you know, of temptations. And the key word here in verse 27 is the word forsook. Notice he said, by faith he forsook. The idea here is to leave, it is to throw away, it is to renounce, it is to surrender, it is to abandon. Moses' whole life was Egypt, folks. Remember his friends, his parents, his language, the, the, the land of the Nile. Forty years he grew up and lived in Egypt and enjoyed all those privileges and prestige. But Moses turned his back on his world. He left his world. He abandoned his Egyptian privilege. He threw it away. Why? Because everything the world offers is temporary in nature. Moses left his world, his status and his prestige. He held on to things loosely. loosely. And the world sees that as foolish, isn't it? But this, folks, is the choice of faith. The choice that Moses made. The choice that Abraham made. And all these men listed in chapter 11. They made a choice by faith. And this is what God calls us to. This is the choice the first disciples made. Listen to the voice of Peter in Mark chapter 10. Peter began to say, See, we have left everything and followed you. Everything and followed you. So we see faith chooses the sacrifice of the temporal for the eternal. Sacrificial faith gives courage for the temporary. Notice the Bible says not fearing the wrath of the king. Folks, those who leave Egypt must expect the wrath, the ridicule, and the humiliation of the world. But we need not fear it. We need not fear it. We have a Bible school and uh, we, the goal of the Bible school is not just to train men um, and get their heads full of knowledge. It's really to get them to step out in faith. Our country is in trouble. Our country desperately needs preachers. And many men, they, they falter. And where they falter is they falter in the area of faith. Not willing to step out. Not willing to give up. Not being willing to give up the temporary for the eternal. And the reason, sometimes it's fear. Who will take care of my family? What will happen to this? What will happen to my health? What, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, faith, folks, gives us grace to rise above our fears. Faith in God made Moses rise above his fears. Above that which makes us anxious. I, I get it, you know, um, we get anxious when we hear messages like this about surrendering, giving up, and all these things about self-sacrifice. And so it is natural for us to fear. We have an emotion called fear. God has designed us with that. But faith gives us the courage to rise above that, above fear. But faith also gives us perspective of the eternal. Notice in verse 27, For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. His faith focused on a person, as I earlier mentioned. The word they endure means to bear up under persecution and hardship, to remain under, to be strong, to be firm, to persevere beneath a heavy burden. 
Folks, Moses' faith gave him an eternal focus where he saw beyond the earthly and the temporal kings. He saw the invisible, the immortal, the only wise God was now on his horizon. He alone was now in his sight. And therefore his courage to bear up under the hardship of confronting Pharaoh and his armies. Therefore his courage to lead a people, a rebellious people, through the desert for 40 years. Therefore his courage to face the Red Sea and its impossibilities, to face Korah and its rebellion, to face the armies of the Amalekites. Fear, folks, he could rise above that because he had an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Folks, we will never realize the calling of God, the obedience, full obedience to God, and the authority of God in our lives if we don't have a vision of the invisible God. Let me remind you, folks, Moses did, Isaiah did, Ezekiel did, Peter did, Thomas did, Paul did. All these men had a vision of the invisible. And when we get a vision of the invisible, we have an understanding of who we are, that we are nothing. We are sinners. Amen. When we get the uh, uh, vision of the invisible, we understand that there's things to do. As Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That was the response. Peter in the boat, Jere gaan weg van my. Ek is a sondige mens. And Paul, on the road to Damascus, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not Lord, I need to spend five years uh, and, and to be trained lord i need to this i need to know lord what do you want me to do moses did these men persisted they endured and they could rise above their fears and live for god in a hostile world and so by faith here's the question what does your faith see this morning do you see the invisible one is your focus on the temporal or the eternal, invisible God on his throne? Faith, folks, faith sees the unseen. And it deliberately, unashamedly, intentionally sacrifices the temporary for the temporal. We have to be a people that is intentional. We have to be a people that is deliberate. So faith then... Kiss the opoffering van die tijdelijke vir die eeuwige. And the last thing, faith chooses to demonstrate trust in the instructions of God. Faith chooses to demonstrate trust in the instructions of God. Notice verse 28, Bible says through faith, he kept the Passover. And the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So I'm not going to deal with the Passover. We, I, I, I normally give homework to the pastors. They can do that, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brian. You can lay out the whole idea of the Passover. Something for you guys to do at least. Keep you busy during the week. <laughs> we only work on Sundays. That's what they accuse us of, you know, which is not really true, as you, as you know. But notice a couple of things about this instruction. It was a unique instruction. A unique instruction. It was a unique instruction in... Verse 28. And God gave Moses the command and instructions of the Passover before the exodus of Egypt. Now, now understand in the context here, the, these people, they were in slavery for 400 years. So surely they, they, you know, there was Al-Qaeda amongst them. 
the idea of delivering the people, you know, a, a liberation movement of some kind, a, a military or a terrorist movement, surely within those 400 years. And here is the instruction, Moses, this is what is going to deliver your people out of 400 years, the Passover. This is the instruction. Each household had to take a lamb without blemish. A lamb, Lord, not a gun or, you know, a missile or a tank. No, a lamb without blemish. The lamb had to be slaughtered on the evening of the 14th day of the first month of the Jewish year. It had to be done in the evening, not the 13th, not the 15th, but the evening of the 14th day of the first month of the Jewish year. So here's the instructions then. They had to smear the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the house. Surely, Lord, is, shouldn't we get something else rather than, you know, smearing the doorpost? No. They had to smear the blood of the lamb on all the doorposts. And here's the best part of this instruction. They had to roast the meat and eat everything with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. What was not eaten had to be burned, so no, no leftovers. And then they had to eat it with clothes on and shoes on, with staff in hand, ready to depart. This is the way out, folks, the Passover celebration. So it was a unique instruction. But it was also a bloody instruction. It says there, and the sprinkling of blood. So it was an instruction for the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. No forgiveness. As I said, Pastor Brian and Pastor Dan, they'll fill in all the other things. Now, you may, may be saying, Pastor, you're stretching it here this morning in the Old Testament speaking about blood, but they'll fill it in for you. Folks, in the Passover, we have the rejection of Egyptian idolatry and the embracing of salvation through the blood of the Lamb. And as a result, the firstborn in Israel was spared and the firstborn of Egypt was slain by the destroyer. Now, let's color this in with grace. By grace, through faith, in the finished work of Christ, we have forgiveness of sin and eternal life. For those outside of Christ, the destroyer awaits. If you are not saved this morning, turn to Christ and receive forgiveness of sin. That is the way to be saved, by faith, and faith alone. It was a bloody instruction, but it was a salvation instruction, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The instruction was given to deliver the people from death, an instruction for life. And so Moses placed his trust, folks, in God's instruction and passed them on by faith to Israel. And so true biblical faith, takes God at his word and implements those instructions, even if it sounds absurd. That's 50 rand, eh? That's a fine of 50 bucks. <laughs> True biblical faith takes God's word and implements the instructions of his word, even if it sounds absurd, even if it seems impossible, even if it has never happened, even if it goes against our human reasoning. How can a man that stands behind a piece of wood 
and preach. How can God, how can that change a man, another man's life for, for, for time and eternity? The foolishness of preaching. That is what happened to us, isn't it? How is that? But this is the instruction. This is what, this is, this is the foolishness. When we look at those instructions that God has given, we, we say, wow, you know, surely Moses, after 400 years, you could have come up with a better plan. Folks, Moses did not listen to popular opinion. He did not listen to his friends, to his advisors. He did not lean on his education. He did not blindly follow the religion of his adopted parents. He listened to God and he got the reward in verse 27. Faith, folks, believes the instructions of God and receives the reward. What was the reward? God delivered the people from the land of Egypt after 400 years of slavery. God took them through the Red Sea, settled them in Canaan, fulfilled all his promises, sent the Messiah, the Lamb of God, and here, folks, in the promised land, with the promised one, guess what faith does? Guess what faith does? On that mount, the transfigured Christ, face to face, Moses stands in the promised land. This is what faith does. This is the reward of faith to see Christ, to see him face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face in all his glory. That is the reward of faith. This is what we are looking forward to. This is what awaits us if we make the choices by faith. This is what faith does. Unbelief refuses to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Unbelief refuses to get into water in front of other people. How foolish is that, isn't it? Getting into water in front of other people. Unbelief refuses to be part of a local church. What's this idea of being part of a local church? You know, shouldn't I just, I can go into my Bindakamar, isn't it? Unbelief refuses to spend time every day in the word and prayer. No, pastor, you know, we, this is legalism, the idea of praying every day and disciplining yourself. Unbelief refuses to talk to people about the Lord. It refuses to regularly attend services. If, it's, if there's a golf day, well, it refuses. Unbelief refuses to give to God. It refuses to renounce the world and its pleasures. Folks, biblical faith takes God at his word, then deliberately demonstrates the instructions of God's word in daily living. Faith, folks, chooses the path of self-denial. Faith, folks, chooses the path of, etern of, of chooses the eternal sorry, over the temporal, and faith chooses to demonstrate the instructions of God. True biblical faith, then, my conclusion, faith makes intentional choices for God. We see that in the life of Moses and all these men listed here this morning. So what? What does God teach us in this text? Some ideas for application. First of all, as a people, I do believe we should continue to pray for a deeper faith. Surely when we examine our lives in the life of Scripture, surely, you know, there's areas in our lives where we fall short. Maybe there's areas in our lives where we are doing well. But surely we should be praying for a deeper faith. And then secondly, pray for grace to daily, deliberately obey the instructions that God has given us. 
regardless of how we feel or what others may think of us. And then thirdly, let your decisions be motivated by eternal possessions and not temporal riches. And then another application, choose to find your pleasure in Christ. Don't find your pleasure in work, in your job, in your wife, in your children. Yes, if that is right, that will be, right, be right as well. If you're, you're finding your pleasure in Christ. If you're living for your job, one day that's going to end and you'll be disappointed. But live for the Lord Jesus Christ and find pleasure in Him. And that relationship and all these other relationships, you will have joy in that. But maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. What intentional choice of faith do you need to make this morning? First of all, you must believe that you're a sinner and deserve hell. Not because I say so, but because that is what the Bible says. Secondly, you must believe that Jesus Christ paid for all of your sins and he offers you forgiveness of sin today. You must believe that. Thirdly, you must believe that eternal life is a gift that you receive by faith when you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to save your soul. And so, will you make an intentional choice in faith this morning if you do not know the Lord, if you're not sure about your salvation, to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ for his salvation. You can this morning. You can this morning. Even if your faith is the size of a mustard seed, that is enough for you to believe this morning, to come and trust him. To come and trust him. And so, let us be a people of faith. Let us make deliberate choices by faith.